What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, September 24th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the new face of video games, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. It's me, Greg. I want to start this episode by kicking a hornet's nest. Oh, are you okay I love it when that? he's spicy. Yeah. yeah what I'll, stupid Halloween thing are you going to say this time, you punk ass bitch? I still don't believe Halloween colors are real. I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I understand they're real because let me tell you, first of all, I've never gotten so much feedback on an episode before. Like so many tweets, so many comments, so many people were surprised that I didn't know the Halloween colors. And I've yeah. never been so confident in my life that a thing did not matter. Yeah, Apparently, yeah. people really care about Halloween and Halloween colors, and we so do. like respect to y'all. Like Thank when you. I when I said that nobody was a fan of Aiden Pierce, I got maybe two tweets. <laughs> when I when I said that I didn't know the Halloween colors, my whole my Twitter was active the whole day. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Man. They had to come for you. The, I hope the now hornet's... you understand the response. Exactly. This is a PS. I love you reference. Everybody should go watch that. The horn the hornet's nest. I want to kick though. I'm excited. I was. This morning, I was listening to to yesterday's episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. You and Gary Witta, uh-huh. you guys are talking about uh, Xbox first party and first party lineups in general. Yeah. And you made the comment that you think PlayStation still has the better first party studio lineup mm-hmm. than Xbox. Yeah. How? How not? Boom. I, here's the, the thing: is I, this is no, thing I've been thinking about for two days. I love, I love this question. It's a great topic of conversation, uh, and it could be maybe PS. I love you next week. You know what I mean? But you're just giving away gold here on Games Daily. People are already going to click on this. Xbox <laughs> memory is expensive. We knew this, right? I think there's an argument to be made either way right now. I don't think mm-hmm. that for me, and this is going to sound so harsh, I guess, in terms of getting into this. I don't mean to disparage anyone's work. Obviously, making a video game is incredibly complicated, and making it finish getting something published and getting it out is you know amazing so i'm not trying to bag on any studio but i don't think that quantity necessitates quality like i love state of decay but i don't think state of decay i don't think undead labs is somebody on that list where it's like oh man playstation better look out for them maybe down the line that's the other thing is that all this is unproven stuff i think as well where it's like we look at there and you're like the initiative, right? Oh my god, they want to be uh, you know Xbox is Sony Santa Monica. That's rad. Like, w- what the fuck's that game gonna be? I have no idea what that game's gonna be, right? Like, mm-hmm. you go down the line of like compulsion games again. Like, I loved Contrast and stuff. Like, in uh, We Happy Few, uh, but like, are we gonna sit there and put that up against PlayStation? And again, this isn't sitting there in me telling you that every PlayStation studio is also by yeah, saying I was say, if we can we can go to like the bottom of the list of. Uh, PlayStation first party studios. Granted, for me personally, I'd probably take the bottom of the list of the PlayStation first party studios over the bottom of the list of Xbox studios. But when you get to like the, the Wait, so you're saying you would take the bottom over of of PlayStations over the bottom of Xboxes? Yes, but and, and what I'm so saying though, by, is when so you, no, you excuse me, mm. sir, you're being cross examined. So then you're by definition, then because you're saying that, you'd be saying you take the top Xbox studios over the top PlayStation studios. Not you, necessarily. Sir, would I, walk away from Insomniac. You would walk away from Sucker Punch. You would walk away from Naughty Dog. You sound like a crazy person. If we're if we're well, not necessarily. But if I'm comparing so the just top that middle list. section, you'll take the top yeah, no, and you'll take the bottom. But that Xbox middle, the middle of Xbox, the middle to high tier of Xbox right now is so strong. When you look at when you look at Bethesda, which is now uh, like S tier Xbox yeah. Studio, 
when you I bring mean, you're in, hundred percent right. People yeah. fucking adored Fallout seventy six. Fallout four won every game of the you're, year. You're award. Like Skyrim isn't one of the, the, of the, the shelves games ever released. Dishonored two crushed every sales rec. Come on, dude. I mean, wrong. I'm not. Dis- I love Bethesda. Mm-hmm. I played Fallout 76. I platinum Fallout 4. I'm not disparaging them. I'm just saying, Greg, come on, stop. dude. You've won. Why are you doing all, this to we're, him? We're also talking about 23 Xbox Studios versus 13 Sony Studios. Like, yes, Naughty Dog, I'll take over any of these studios in any of these uh-huh. categories. But then, yeah, when you bring in Bethesda, when you bring in Machine Games, when you bring in Ninja Theory, when you bring mm-hmm. in Obsidian, when you bring in uh, uh, fucking. I, I, I guess, yeah, initiative we don't know yet. But, in, we but you can. I mean, have the studio. Again, these are all incredibly talented people in studios. I'm not trying to take that away. I'm not saying any of these people suck. Mm-hmm. Or studios suck. But yeah, like, I don't... I, I, I'm not fully in on one side or the other when it comes to who I think has the better first-party studio lineup. But I can't, for me, I'm at the place where I can't say any more clearly, like, definitively, that playstation is the winner as far as games yes like if we're talking about games output right now i'm like oh yeah sony all the way because they have something established i gotta i, I can't wait to look back at the end of next generation and be like all right let's exactly. compare that's what these two companies did with their 13 studios and 23 studios and see like what was the output how did you guys use that what what licensed and partnered uh, games do you guys put out like what do those lineups look like now at the end of next generation that's what i'm more so curious about but right now i'm like if we're comparing just studios dude xbox is strong. i mean you know you made some good points there because again i forgot of course the hit after hit of machine games wolfenstein young blood man just a game that i think they broke the IGN scale giving it an 11 because it was just so below the, the the messy last two years of Bethesda. Like I will, yes, I will admit. What Bethesda, do you mean you can't? Those are the people who are making the games that they just bought. Well, you're like, taking you like, Skyrim. I mean, granted, Todd, Todd Howard's still there, but how many other people are? Fallout Four was also great. Like we we all act like Fallout Four was like a tr- was trash. Fallout, Fallout Four was just was Fallout Four was the improved Fallout Three, and it just didn't like it, which is Fallout great. 3 and I love the greatest games ever made, though. You I know. know? Like, I'm not. I'm not arguing. You can only improve so much. I really want to say rare, but I wasn't a Sea of Thieves person. But I mean, I know people love rare. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's there's just a lot on the Microsoft side of things in terms of studios that, like, it, didn't, it's didn't hard people, for me to compare. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say is that there. Once it was free. Is it free? It's not free. Uh, Game Pass, whatever. Come on, you know. Oh, come on. Here's what I'll say is that I think there's so much potential for Xbox Game Studios, without a doubt. Obviously, you know, we're I'm making fun of Bethesda's last few things, but like Deathloop, right? Can't wait for fuck to play that. Go Ghostwire Tokyo, I'm, stuff I'm like PS5. that. <laughs> sure, but I mean I digress. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I am saying lately, you know, this is their things to make my point here. But there is so much potential and to see what they will do. And I do think the argument will be the conversation will be much more interesting in 2025 2026 when you look back at what it is now for these first party lineups. And because I'm not taking it away from them, but I do think that right now I would take the quality of PlayStation over the quantity of Xbox. But that is also saying right now, when I look back at what the PlayStation 4 lineup has been, what the PlayStation 5 announced lineup is going to be. But and, and it's one of the... Yes. Like even, even, I mean, even to talk about the top studios, right? Five years from now, I think it's going to be really interesting to c- compare the top five Xbox studios to the top top, top five PlayStation studios. Sure. Because we're looking well, at... Well, I mean, by your argument, what? it's going to be really interesting to compare the middle. 
Because you'll you, still yeah. love PlayStation's top and PlayStation's bottom. But those three studios in the middle, that's what's going to sway you to Xbox. <laughs> well, no, but like even talking about the top five, right? Like we're talking about the top five PlayStation studios. We're probably talking about what? Insomniac, Naughty Dog, uh, Sony Santa Monica, um, uh, Sucker Punch, and uh, insert, Jen, insert fifth studio here. When you, get, when you get a chance later, Jen, you got to listen to this episode because I just clowned Blessing the fuck out. You know what I mean? He was trying to make, where are you going? You want to hear this? <laughs> <laughs> but then you, but you look at the top five uh xbox studios right and you have what the uh, 343 with halo you have i assume the gear studio you have bethesda game studios with fallout and skyrim uh and then i guess you're picking and choosing which one like initiative again we'll see whenever their, their game comes out yeah. but i'm sure we'll be able to lump them in there whenever their thing does come out if it's successful and then let's say ninja theory like those top five studios in competition i think puts up a fascinating battle against each other because I mean, I would, you I make you make a great point because again like three four three's track record with halo has been just stellar and then the reaction to their halo infinite thing was just i've never heard fans so talkative about it we can, we can take, out sure. three, take out three four three insert playground games forza is a, is a force sure but i mean like at that point like we're getting into the weeds here this is just a fun argument to have and i can't wait to see the future uh instead let's talk about the present uh guess what xbox storage is going to be expensive for next gen mafia reviews are in and nintendo just surprised launched a kirby game it's time to talk about all this and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about if you like that be part of the show at patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can give us your questions comments concerns your squad up requests and everything under the daily video game news sun of course on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can also get the show ad free you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every day and you can even get the patreon exclusive show bless up that blessing puts up each and every month However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can go to YouTube.com. Or no, I'm sorry. Twi- go to, you can watch us live on Twitch.tv slash KindOfFunnyGames. Uh, if you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to KindOfFunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames, RoosterTeeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe uh, each and every weekday. Uh, housekeeping for you uh, today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, your mic's a little hot. That way you can bring the gain back down. You have this is that new mic you gave me, and I don't fully understand it. So there's a button in the middle that you click. The light uh-huh. will move between three spots. You want it on the leftmost spot, okay? Yeah, you want the microphone button. Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, if you're looking at buttons, I could explain it that way too. Or I and you want how many? I got three lights up. You want two lights up? Let me see. Oh, let me yeah, go two. down to two. This is two. This is two. I've right now, two. I'm at one. You're at one. Give me one second, actually. Am I fucking this up? Hold on. I, I was fucking up. Put it back to three. You're good. I'm sorry. That was my fault. Oh, it's fine. No, Kevin, if you think there's something wrong and you can fix it, I want you to interrupt. And even if it turns out it was something on your end, we fixed it. People were in there. Now, people I've seen in there saying, hey, there was a bit of distortion. Should I go back and re-clown out Blessing and explain everything? Or did they understand it, Kevin? It was no, clown me out. It wasn't until the intro. I mean, Oh, the chat was on my side. Uh, Everybody, if you're also, watching later, oh, listen well, later. Go I mean, to the Twitch a, archive. We have a PlayStation audience, of course. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, stop clowning him out so hard. Like, he clearly doesn't sure, know how to handle sure. it. I'm sorry, Bless. Everybody gets one. You know what, Blessing? Me? I'll tell you what I'll do. Everybody and I don't know if one. it's possible, but to, you know, to help you lick your wounds, I'll, I'll, I'll Uber Eats you some Jollibee today so you can well, sit on. there. I heard about First of all, they're on DoorDash. I had to watch a friend get broken down. You know what I mean? Uh, 
uh, housekeeping for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, Gruesome Greggy, am representing the United States of America in WWE 2K Battlegrounds Clash of the Countries. Uh, it is a two-hour video playing WWE Battlegrounds. Uh, it's up right now on YouTube.com slash Games. Actually, it's a live premiere, so I think it's still going right now. But you can, of course, catch it on demand. Uh, of course, this is a sponsored thing. Uh, I don't think they actually said in our contract I should say it on Games Daily or whatever. I'm telling you because I'm so proud of this piece of content to go and be full WWE Greg, gruesome Greggy, my backyard wrestling persona for an actual WWE property to cut promos, to wrestle in a video game tournament, and then have on top of that Jerry the King Lawler and Samoa Joe uh, doing commentating, like like them really host the entire thing talking about gruesome greggy and making fun of me and then all this it's a great show even if you just want to skim through it just to see what i'm doing over there that's up like i said youtube.com slash kind of funny games a dream come true for me Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, a.k.a. Momo, Tom Bach, and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Logitech, Klarna, and HelloFresh, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. We got five items on the Roper Report. Number one, ladies and gentlemen. We had heard a long time ago how Xbox can have these little GameCube memory cards, as Kevin calls them, <laughs> that you can put in. Uh, they have been revealed to be expensive. This is Tom Warren's entire article at The Verge. If you don't come to Games Daily every day or maybe haven't seen one in a while, remember, I don't like reading an entire article. Uh, I want to make sure we give credit and clicks to people. So if you could today, please head over to The Verge and click on this. But Tom does such a great job of not only giving you the news about this, but then giving you comparison information. I want to do the whole thing. So shout out to Tom Warren at The Verge. The Verge. Go to The Verge. Click on articles at The Verge. Microsoft's first one terabyte expandable storage drive for the Xbox Series X slash S will be priced at $219.99. Best Buy has started taking pre-orders for the accessory, revealing a final price that had leaked recently. These expandable storage cards slot into the rear of both the Xbox Series X slash S to match the internal SSD speed and provide one terabyte of extra storage. Microsoft's expandable storage solution is proprietary, and only Seagate has been announced as a manufacturer so far. Microsoft, Microsoft tells me more suppliers and additional sizes will be available in the future, but the $220 price tag is st will still surprise many potential next-gen Xbox owners. The Xbox Series X ships with one terabyte of SSD storage, and the Xbox Series S just 512 gigabytes of storage. Microsoft's pricing means that the 299 Xbox Series X today jumps to nearly $520 if you want to add the additional storage and bring it up to 1.5 terabytes overall. That may not make the larger Series X more, I'm sorry, that may make the larger Series X more appealing to those who need the storage, particularly as games will start to require it once the enhanced for the Xbox Series X slash S. Games for the Xbox Series S can be 30% smaller than the Series X, which will certainly help the st storage options. An alternative to this expandable storage is simply using a USB drive to store games when you don't need to play them. If they're not enhanced for Xbox Series X slash S, then you'll even be able to run them direct from your USB storage, or you can simply copy them to use your drives as cheaper cold storage. It's difficult to judge the price of these expandable storage cards simply because there aren't enough comparable PCIe 4.0 NVMe SSDs out there. Sony has, a chosen, has chosen to allow players to slot their own drives into the PS5, but these drives will need to meet the speed requirements of the in internal SSD. 
These speed requirements mean that the PS5 owners will need the very best PCIe 4.0 NVMe drives uh, that are starting to make their ways to PC, into PCs. Samsung announced its 980 Pro earlier this week, which looks like it might be an ideal candidate for the PS5 due to its fast read and write speeds. Samsung's one terabyte option for the 980 Pro is priced at $229.99, but Sony has not revealed which drives will be compatible with the PS5. The benefits of Sony's more open approach is that pricing on compatible PCIe 4.0 NVMe SSDs will inevitably drop over time due to competition and lower manufacturing costs. Assuming Sony certifies most high-end drives, there should be lots of options. Microsoft will need, to, will need more manufacturers producing ex, its expandable Xbox Series X-S storage cards for competition to take place and prices to be lowered over time. It's going to be a waiting game to see exactly how Sony and Microsoft handle ex expandable storage options in the coming months. But it's clear that Microsoft's pricing, but it's clear from Microsoft's pricing that it's not going to be cheap for early adopters. Blessing. A mouthful. Thank you so much, Tom Warren at The Verge, for breaking this down. Because right now there is an Xbox FAQ up on the Xbox Wire page that I started reading and immediately my eyes rolled back in my head and I had no idea what was going on anymore. And I was like, what's the news? And then The Verge stepped in. Thank you. What is your takeaway from this immediately? So I understood some of those words uh, <laughs> in Tom Warren's article, and so I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, this is exactly what we expected. Like when Microsoft came out and they were like, hey, yeah, it's going to be propri proprietary. Like it's the same exact thing as the Vita memory cards, right? Where if yep. they're making them, then yeah, they get to price them and they're going to be priced high because there's absolutely no competition. And so this isn't surprising. My the A takeaway I got from this article that I didn't necessarily even think about, or not even think about, I didn't know about because I'm not necessarily like uh, deep diving into the into the SSD uh, storage ecosystem. Uh, they mentioned how, yeah, like for PS5 owners, even though PS5 owners are going to be able to use non-proprietary SSD uh, 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 like storage units or storage cards or whatever you want to call them, storage drives, uh, mm -hmm. they mentioned that, yeah, you're still going to need the very best of them uh, in order to work with the PS5, which is still good because over time they're going to drop in price. But exactly. at the very start of it, you're probably still going to be paying a... a um, uh, you know, a close price to what you're paying for an Xbox One, an Xbox Series X, car X card, probably. Um, and so, this is kind of the name of the game. Uh, it's unfortunate that they're probably going to be expensive throughout the generation, but yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's the thing about it for me too. Where I think, I guess it, this is all about you as a gamer, and I know that every one of us is different. For me, as somebody who went all digital a long time ago i remember you know when, when i got my playstation 4 and brought it back uh from the new york event the first thing i did was pop out the hard drive and install a new hard drive so i just started from scratch with i, mean, I think it might have been a terabyte that i put in but this is all outdated information but let's just say for argument's sake not that it matters terabyte and i was so hung up that i wanted that and i needed that storage right then you jump to when i got my playstation 4 pros and i've never once done anything to those hard drives at no point did i think about expanding those hard drives and i think that's because with internet speeds being what they are at least in san francisco and the way i play games being the way i play games it's so i feel there for me there's a sense of either failure or completion when i delete a game from my playstation where it is that thing of 
all right, cool. I've platinumed it. This is done. The save's been uploaded to the cloud. Boom, it's gone. I don't worry about it anymore. Or I'm never going to get back to this. Or I downloaded this on a whim for PS I Love You, and it's just something. To, I, I, I like tidying up my PlayStation. And basically, in the same way, you know, I talk about playing open world games and checking boxes for running around and doing quests. I like checking the boxes of deleting the game of, I'm done with this. It's not on my to-do list or worry about it anymore. I feel like even with smaller hard drives, or I guess I shouldn't say that, even with limited hard drives at launch and games being big, like, think about it, like, Spider-Man, uh, for PlayStation 5, Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales Ultimate Edition drops, and I want to play Miles Morales right away, and also I'm going to, you know, want to, even though you're giving me shit about it yesterday, play uh, Spider-Man Remastered. Like, do, if I download both of those right away, how much how many gigabytes is that eating up on what the 800 some odd of the playstation's free space 850 is that what the playstation uh launches with i think uh free space on the hard drive for that one terabyte drive mm -hmm. uh like it starts eating into it yeah of course but even loading up four games at you know and i'm talking about huge games right and this will be later on that are 100 gigabytes a piece i would be more akin i think to i i, I just don't swap between games that way and i know people do and yeah it's just i mean I'm definitely one of those people like toward the beginning of the generation when I still had uh, 500 gigabytes only on my PS5 or PS4. That was the big issue for me. And I had to delete games constantly. And I couldn't imagine still rocking with that 500 gigabytes today, you yeah. know, with how how big a game like Red Dead Redemption 2 is and how big a game like Call of Duty Modern Warfare is and how much bigger that game continually gets with new updates. Like I could probably hold. I could probably hold maybe two Call of Duties my PS PS4 before it's done uh, with just like the 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 internal storage. Like I'm lucky that I got a four terabyte external hard drive to plug into it. Um, but yeah, like video games are only getting bigger and bigger. And even yeah. with uh, SSDs making their way into them, like it seems like games are still pretty huge. Like we've gotten uh, reports on sizes of certain games, and yeah, like they're still up there. And so I could see I could see this leading to a case where. We're actually spending a lot more money on storage than we expected to based on when these consoles coming with one terabyte. And then also, yeah, like these SSD cards just costing a lot because one, you have the proprietary thing with Xbox. Uh, and then two, like even with PS5, like these SSD cards are going to be expensive no matter what. I imagine kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if, if you have better info on that for me. But if you're using the best PS, the, the best uh, uh, SSD cards for the PS5, then you imagine then, yeah, over the next couple of years, you're going to be paying a comparative price uh well you and, already see that right here right with the one that mm -hmm. they're eyeballing that is actually ten dollars more expensive than what you're getting for the xbox storage stuff worth pointing out while i have it too hey ray wrote into you were wrong we thank you very much i said 850 gigabytes and i also said of the one terabyte he's like you got it wrong it's 825 gigabytes and we don't know how big the os uh, os of it is i thought that was already including the os hence bringing it down that way it's 825 uh, ssd on the playstation 5 yeah and fingers crossed that by the time on the playstation side by the time we start needing uh ex external storage like an ssd card by that time the price has gone down but that's still not ideal like that's still kind of kind of sucks for us and i imagine that yeah like we're gonna spend we're gonna spend way more money on storage this time around than even than even this last but time. i mean do you think you're even is it something you're gonna really I, I I guess how many huge games are you playing at once that you worry about it, right? And of course, like again, in this thing, it talks about games for the Xbox Series S being 30% smaller, right? That's from Tom's article. Not that that solves anything if you're getting the X or whatever. 
I just I wonder mean, about it, and that, let alone the mm-hmm. fact that you can use the external storage. You can use just a regular USB drive for it if you just don't want to play the game, the new and enhanced games off of it. You play your old shit on it. You could just, in, anything you're, you know, an older game you're putting in without enhancements, you could put it on that. Kevin, what is Next Generation about? Oh, uh, convenience. And that is, a, that is a big part of this. It is not mm-hmm. convenient to continually delete my games and reinstall my games. There are so many people that, one, have bad internet, but then two, data caps are also a thing. And once I hit that 1,000, yep. for so many people, that becomes that becomes an issue, right? You then have to pay Comcast more money or whoever your internet service provider is more money. And like as long as data caps are a thing, this is definitely going to be an issue as far as deleting and reinstalling games, totally. let alone, yeah, the, the um, internet speed factor of it let alone yeah the convenience factor of it like i've i've uh the four terabyte external hard drive was such a good investment for me because i've forgotten about deleting games off my p off my ps4 it's not a thing i've I've needed to worry about anymore uh like even when i'm because i'm i'm not necessarily a completionist as i talk about all the time like i don't necessarily care for platinums there are there are many times where i'll either beat a game or i'll get partway through a game and i'm like I'm gonna get back to this at a certain point, or I'm gonna I'm gonna see how I feel about this in like a few months. Maybe I'll get the DLC and want to platinum it or do whatever with it. And with that, like I like to just keep games on my system. And if if I'm in if I'm in a situation where I have to then, you know, pick and choose like which games I want to delete, like I hate I hate having that at the back back of my head as something I need to decide all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so like yeah, I'm gonna want to get a, a storage unit or a storage card, probably as soon as possible. But with the price being the way, with the price being what the price is, I'm gonna have to like balance that and figure out. Okay, what do I really want to do? Do I want to wait? Do I do do I need a storage card uh, immediately? Like, what does that look like? And I don't think that's necessarily the best thing. Mm. Fair. Uh, I want to look through your wrong because there was a bunch of stuff tossed in here. Nanobiologist uh, reaffirms something that they talked about over here, but he says of note uh, about the Xbox proprietary drive, the Xbox wire reported they are working on adding different manufacturers and sizes eventually to reduce the price. I believe Tom's article said that, but worth repointing out. Uh, Eric points out that PlayStation 4 2018 Spider-Man install size was 72.59 gigabytes. Spidey on PS5 will be 55 gigabytes. Difference is 17.59 gigabytes or 24% smaller. Uh, Biggest Demon Souls. There was one game that I think was like hitting around 70, I feel like. 70 gigs for memory. And if that's the case, like think about how big Starfield's gonna be or like how big the next Rockstar game is gonna be. Like this is... this is something that's going to last as an issue, you know, as far as games just being big, as far as like the, the amount of storage games take up uh, being big, like one, one terabyte. Doesn't feel like says nearly Demon, enough Demon Souls is 66 gigs. OK, that's what I was thinking of. And then a couple of people are calling out this whole you can transfer your next gen games to the external hard drive and then when you want to play them, transfer them back to your SD, which will be faster than over the Internet, which is true as well. Fair. Yeah. But again, Kevin, what's next gen all about? That's uh, convenience. Thank you. Number two on the Roper Report, Mafia Definitive Edition reviews are popping up, and we have a roundup. Right now, or I should say right now, at 9.06 a.m. Pacific time, about an hour and change ago, uh, Metacritic had it at a 79 on PC. Uh, I'm going to read from Destructoid, who gave it a 9 over there. Excuse me. Uh, Brett uh, McDownski uh, said, even though it's by the numbers in a lot of regards, Mafia has some undercurrents of forgiveness and mercy that might catch you off guard. Tommy's growth as a character, especially as his priorities shift from the mafia family to his nuclear family, only accentuates how this lifestyle doesn't necessarily come naturally to him. 
It's a valuable side plot to the warning to the warning. Well, sorry, to the warring gangs, and ends up more important. The biggest knock is that Mafia story crescendos and caps off too quickly. This final act comes out of nowhere and leaves destruction in its wake. All this time, the first Mafia was the best of the trio. It just took a phenomenal effort from Hangar 13 to do justice with Mafia, do it justice with Mafia Definitive Edition. This feels like the rare nece necessary remake that elevates and rebuilds upon the original. It's truly an offer you can't refuse. Over at IGN, I got an 8.0. Uh, Luke Riley wrote, Completely rebuilt from the ground up, Mafia Definitive Edition features excellent performances from its new cast, a fantastic driving model, and a beautiful and authentic city oozing with 1930s atmosphere like overfilled cannoli. It's hobbled slightly by the fairly vanilla third-person combat, and, it's arguably, and it arguably wastes the potential of its entirely overhauled world by not crafting a few new ways to utilize more of it. But it's still a successful rejuvenation of the best story in the series to date and one that can now stand beside 2016 Mafia 3 as an equal rather than quaint uh, but crush rather than a quaint but crusty ancestor. Uh, Kindoffunny.com is not on Metacritic and doesn't score things. Uh, but Barrett Courtney has been playing and he wrote in to say, if Mafia 3 proved that Hangar 13 can make their own great story, that was unfortunately forced into an open world. Mafia Definitive Edition proves they can also take a story from 18 years ago that isn't theirs and still make it engaging and enjoyable in 2020. The presentation from cinematography to lighting to acting keeps things feeling fresh in a game that otherwise shows its age. The gameplay is nothing to write home about, parentheses, except for maybe driving around in a bunch of different vehicles to play around with. But the recreated world is very pretty, and if you're looking for a breezy 10-hour game of 10-hour game of a pretty good story, or of course you're a fan of the original, you should absolutely pick up Mafia this weekend. Uh, you can catch our Barrett Courtney on twitch.tv slash sadboybarrett tonight playing it. He'll be answering questions as he goes to. Then on GameSpot, it got a 6.0. Uh, Richard Wakeling wrote, There's no denying that Mafia Definitive Edition is a stunning remake when you consider everything that was done to reintroduce the 18-year-old game to a new audience. The changes made to the story, both on the page as it fleshes out more of the cast and in the performance booth, enhance what was already a captivating story, while the revamped visuals breathe new light into the city of Lost Heaven. Unfortunately, the rest of the game falters when you're the one in control. The archaic and repetitive combat hasn't evolved since Mafia 2 was released in 2010, and the years since have dated it even more. Mafia Definitive Edition might be an improvement on the original game, but its modernization stops short of the mark, resulting in an uneven game that squanders its enticing potential. Blessing at Ioye Jr. That all sounds good. Like I, I'm glad that we're getting remakes more regularly, and they're turning out uh, fairly good. Uh, I was listening to you guys talk about a Metal Gear Solid remake yesterday, or the rumors of a Metal Gear mm -hmm, Solid remake mm -hmm. yesterday, and you mentioned that uh, it'd be really awesome if they gave it to Blue Point. And I want to know from you, like, what does a what does a Blue Point Metal Gear Solid remake look like? Because for the last two we've gotten so far, being Demon Souls and Shadow Colossus, and Demon Souls I don't know as much about, and so maybe sure. I'm 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 off, but it seems like those are in the bones the same games as their original but they are coming through and replacing the visual assets and like sprucing up uh sound design all this all this other stuff but it very, it very yeah it very much seems like at the bones of the game like they are the same game as the original would you want that exact same same thing from Metal Gear Solid where it is still this top down uh controls the same way uh feels the same way to play has the same exact story beats but the assets are now uh, PS5 quality and it looks beautiful. I'd want, or do you want them to come from the ground up. 
I want it ground up and I want it to be more like Metal Gear, or I'm sorry, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, where I do want it to be you're going in and what do you, what is your vision for this game? Take this classic and make it something contemporary. Because again, if you want a, what you're talking about, beat for beat, same thing, it feels just like it's been modernized in a weird, not a weird way, in a way. You know, we already got that with Twin Snakes. Like Twin Snakes exists and I think it is underappreciated. Uh, I would rather see this one come out and be, yeah, it's got the gameplay of Metal Gear Solid Five in terms of like how Snake controls, but it is filtering, you're funneling you through this story, right, of having to get in there and uh, take down uh, Liquid and what's going on and the, you know the uh, army he's assembled and see what that would look like that way and boss fights around that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, that's kind of what I went to. Like my dream would be for them to remake it in the Fox engine, like the same yeah. engine as Metal Gear yeah. Solid Five, and use those systems, but then inject the story and inject the characters from the first Metal Gear Solid. And that's probably a too, I imagine that's too big of an ask at this point, unless somehow Konami also licenses out the Fox engine. But I'm sure that then that in, that involves like a lot of moving parts in terms of people being familiar with that engine and being able to work with it, and that probably is a longer process in order to get that game out. And all these different things but man like i'd be all about that like my my yeah. dream would be honestly for there to be a i don't know if you call it Gear solid six or if you just call it Gear, but i want to remake that i want to remake of Gear and Gear 2 that bridges the gap between Gear solid 5 and Gear solid if that makes sense because it seems yep, like it they're kind of building building towards something uh, or it seemed like Ko Kojima was kind of building towards something with that, uh, especially with like the chapter three of Metal Gear Solid that Metal Gear Solid Five that got cut off. Yeah. Uh, and I I, I want to see that scene all the way through uh, because there are certain there are certain gaps in the story in, uh, in there, especially when you get into Metal Gear. Uh, and I think most of us, even even fans of Metal Gear Solid, just haven't played Metal Gear and Metal Gear Two. Like to see that recreated and see that reinterpreted. That'd be awesome. Fit, yeah. If, if that'd you be went... really cool. If you did a remake of Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2, yeah, that'd be incredible, right? Because that, that, even as a huge Metal Gear Solid fan who found the series there, when I remember being in high school and being at my friend Faf's house, and he had an NES down in his basement, and he had Metal Gear, and I was like, holy shit, can I borrow this? And he's like, yeah. And I took it home and put it in and started playing it, and I was like, this, I, oof, this yeah. is like <laughs> such a callback to a different age of gaming that I was like, I'm not about this. I'd much rather see it, yeah, go through and see how they actually connect like you're talking about. Exactly. Uh, number three on the Roper Report. Among Us 2 has been canceled so that they can keep working on Among, on Among Us 1. This is Jordan Ramey over at uh, GameSpot. Developer Inner Sloth has decided to cancel Among Us 2 and instead focus on expanding the content offered in Among Us. In a blog post, the developer wrote that the decision was made in response to the recent spike in popularity for the party survival game. Quote, All of the content we had planned for Among Us 2 will instead go into Among Us 1, Inner Sloth writes. This is probably the more difficult choice because it means going deep into the core code of the game and reworking several parts of it. We have lots of things planned and we're excited to bring new content to everyone as you continue to enjoy playing, end quote. Uh, these content expansions include new servers, colorblind support, a friends slash account system, and a new stage, though Innersloth added that there are, quote, lots of other things planned too. We just need to prioritize and organize, end quote. Innersloth did not provide an exact ETA on when players can expect this new content to arrive, though the developer writes that working on the servers is currently, quote, taking up, taking up all development time. Uh, the new friend slash account system will also definitely take some time. Uh, though it first released in 2018, Among Us has seen a tremendous rise in players in 2020, likely due to the game's increased popularity on Twitch. According to Sensor Tower, Among Us earned 
18.4 million mobile downloads in August, only to be followed by another 41.9 million mobile downloads in September. It shot up the Steam charts as well alongside larger AAA games that were released more recently. Blessing, you've been playing Among Us. How does this sit with you? This makes the most sense. I actually kind of, I, I, I find it a little bit funny uh, because, yeah, I can imagine them work like in the middle of working on Among Us 2. If you, if you, uh, I guess before the story, if you logged into Among Us for the first time, it'll pop up with a message saying, hey, like, thanks for your support for Among Us. We're working on Among Us 2 right now. It's coming soon. Uh, I imagine like that's, pro- that's probably out of here by now. Um, but yeah, I imagine that they're working on Among Us 2 and out of nowhere, Among Us just rises in popularity and blows up and they're like, oh, we have like we like we got something like we did not expect our game that we put out two years ago to blow yeah. up out of nowhere. And it, it makes the most sense sense that that then cancels the second game because you kind of have to recontextualize what that what that's going to look like at that point. Like you can't just make what you're making when before like you were making a sequel to a thing that wasn't this huge success. Yeah. And so to focus on Among Us one really smart because I think that one that game could use more maps it could use more content like it is, right now the game is three maps and that's about it and it feels kind of bare bones in that sense like really fun i really enjoy two of those three maps uh <laughs> because polis or whatever that third map is called is not i don't i do not like it uh but like you know being able to inject more content into that being able to focus on your community being being able to uh really like hone in on this thing that is having this meteoric rise in success is smart and necessary and yeah like push off among us two like i imagine there's still gonna be an among us two at a certain point um like when they say canceled i imagine they just mean canceled for now while they manage this ship but whatever among us two ends up being i'm sure it's gonna be way bigger than what it was going to be if they just continued their path toward making and putting out in 2021 Hundred percent, yeah, and I think you know it's that rare example of lightning in a bottle, right? Where like all of a sudden, this completely unlikely story that a game from two years ago that came out to no one talking about it is this huge thing that all the big streamers, everybody's playing. Uh, yeah, you need to capitalize on that, and sure, you could make the argument that you could pivot and be like, "Hey, why don't you come by the new game we're working on?" But in reality, there's still so many people that haven't played Among Us. So why not double down and make this game that is already so popular and already dominated the charts even better so people stick around longer with it more people and keep streaming it and more people come by it and more people keep streaming it. Da, 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 da. Have you tried it yet? I haven't yet, no. I actually have an unread uh, text message from one Bruce Green trying to get me on this weekend to come play because oh, you dude. never invite me anywhere. It's so. I mean, dude, you can come through. Yeah, if you want to play with me in my group, you're you're invited. Although I have to talk to them first make sure that they're cool you know with with, with number blood. four on the rope report uh hideo kojima john favreau i have joined uh, the tribeca film festival's new gaming advisory board among others uh this is jonathan dornbush at ign.com beyond tribeca games which operates within the yearly tribeca film festival has announced an expansion to its efforts including a new advisory board featuring big names from both video games and film like hideo kojima john favreau and more the Tribeca Film Festival will expand its gaming footprint with the 2021 show, including the first ever Tribeca Game Awards Games Award for the first ever gaming official selections for the Tribeca Film Festival. The new advisory board includes Nina DaCosta, director of the upcoming Candyman, John Favreau, director of Iron Man, The Lion King, and more, Bing Gordon, EA co-founder, Jeff motherfucking Keeley, the Game Awards producer, uh, uh, Hideo Kojima, obviously fucking a legend, Sam Lake, creative director of Controls Studio Remedy Games, and Kiki Wolfkill, the head of Halo Transmedia and Entertainment, 
The board will help shape Tribeca games going forward, and its formation comes on the 10th anniversary of the TFF first featuring games in the festival with the inclusion of L.A. Noir as the first game to be designated as an official selection. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, shout out to Jeff Keighley and Hideo Kojima and, Sa- and uh, Sam Lake and all, yeah. and all the video game people here. And Kiki right? Wolfkill, yeah, yeah. Yeah, being being included in like the same list as like John Favreau and and uh, Mia Mia DaCosta. Yeah, like that's really cool and that's pretty big. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how it goes and who wins and how who gets nominated and all that stuff, right? Because obviously, I think you look at the gaming part people they have on there. That's real deal. And I don't know John Favreau or Mia's, uh, you know, involvement with video games, how much they play or whatever. But I do know obviously they know how to make a film and they know how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what they come in and how they critique games uh, you know, next to somebody like Jeff or Hideo. So yeah, we'll look for that in 2021. I should have put that at last because that would have been a good transition, but I didn't. Instead, number five, Kirby Fighters 2 is out now on the Nintendo Switch. Surprise! This is Ryan Gilliam over at Polygon. On Wednesday, Nintendo Surprise released Kirby Fighters 2 on Nintendo Switch. The company had accidentally leaked the game on Tuesday. Kirby Fighters 2 stars the king of copies, Kirby, and his unusual frenemies, or his usual frenemies, like King Dedede and Meta Knight. Uh, players battle each other in a variety of different stages, uh, Super Smash Bros. style, but unlike Nintendo's signature fighting game, Kirby Fighters 2 features health bars instead of percentages. Players can pick from a variety of characters. There are 17 Kirby copies, uh, each featuring a different ability from the game, including the new wrestler Kirby. Players can also select Gooey, Waddle D and others from Kirby lore. And let me tell you, I know my Kirby lore like the back of my hand. I have excited that Gooey and Waddle D have been added to this fucking universe. Uh, the game features several different modes, including a standard battle mode as well as an online as well as online and local play. Players can battle on teams or solo for numerous stages, some of which feature retro graphics from past Kirby games. Blessing. Are you gonna play Kirby Fighters 2? I'm gonna try it out. Can I say something that's gonna make me look like a dumbass? Sure. I just put it together that the same John Favreau who directed Iron Man is the same John Favreau who played Happy Hogan in yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. That's wild. I did not realize that. I don't know how I didn't realize that because I knew John Favreau played like played both roles, but sure. I didn't realize that that was the same person. Good for it's- him. I mean, good for him on many levels, but number one being like, hey, we're launching a cinematic universe. And he's like, cool, I'll I'll, I'll direct Iron Man, but I don't want to direct like every movie in the universe, but I do want to be in it forever. Yeah. So I'll make myself Tony Stark's bodyguard, <laughs> Happy Hogan, a very famous Marvel character. That way you, I will be here forever and ever. That's Brilliant. hilarious. And I guess I he wasn't. I, I said Happy Hogan from, from Spider-Man. I know he's an Iron Man also, but I know him from Spider-Man because that's where he was. He was there more often, but that's hilarious. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, Kirby Fighters too. You care? Not, I mean, not really, but I want to try it out. Like, I watched the trailer, and I'm like, oh, this looks like Smash. Cool. Yeah, it does look like this. Smash. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for it sure. looks fun, but I'm sure at a certain point, I'm just going to want to play Smash instead. Uh, Robbie Rob writes into patreon.com slash games just like you can and says, Dear Greg and Blessing, what is Nintendo on? It doesn't seem to be on planet Earth because they just released a sequel to Kirby Fighters last night out of nowhere, adding another game to the not adding another game to not be in any Nintendo Direct, like Paper Mario and Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Do you think there are any other Nintendo games that could drop at any point this year? Interesting question because I I still feel like there's not a worthy fall game, like a worthy fall Nintendo game 
coming like there is age of calamity a uh, hyrule warriors which is exciting but i don't really i don't really picture as hey this is the big fall game uh for, for this fall we got super mario 3d all-stars which is also pretty big but at the same time i don't really see it as that caliber like i don't see it as a pokemon i don't see it as a mario odyssey like it doesn't fit that metric to me sure. i I think it's too late for them to announce and release something of that caliber. And so I don't, I don't expect that. I do expect if, if they do come out and release more games, I do expect them to be along these lines of, Hey, let's just put this thing out. That is mid tier to, to low tier importance for us as a, as a company. Like we're just trying to stay, not trying to stay afloat, but we're trying to just stay active right now. But we're not, we're not like, you know, going for throw in terms of like, sure the big the big nintendo releases like it very much feels like an off time for them whether that's because of coronavirus or whether that's just because it just tends to be an off time right now for them in in their release schedule like who knows but i don't necessarily expect anything big to drop i think it is it is a fascinating fascinating observation that robbie robbie rob made that yeah like they're not doing nintendo directs traditionally we got the partner showcase that was uh that revealed uh monster hunter which is pretty cool but you imagine that, like, at a certain point, if you combine all three of those uh, Nintendo Direct partner showcases, like, that could have probably made a traditional Nintendo Direct. And if, especially if you package in this and Hyrule uh, Warriors into that, that could have made an, uh, a great fall Nintendo Direct. But there, there is the theory, uh, I forget if it was Tim or Imran that floated this, but, like, the theory that they're not really into doing the directs right now. Like they, they they don't like the amount of expectation that comes with them, which I think that could be validity there for me personally. It's a Robbie, Robbie's Robbie Rob's question here. of like, ah, oh, what are they on? I think that is what this is. And I don't mean to insult uh, Kirby fighters Two, paper Mario or Pikmin three deluxe. But I think if Nintendo was like, we have a Nintendo direct, people are going to expect Metroid. They're going to expect breath of the wild Two. They are going to expect uh, the next uh, uh, entry in the Mario, like, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Odyssey, Odyssey two or something like this is a better way of they. I think they know Kirby fighters two is not going to appeal to everyone, but they put like, what are they on? Well, the news still got to us. People still know that game's out there. People, if you're a Kirby fan, like Jared Petty, you're excited for it. You're probably going to pick it up. Like it's a different way to market, but it's also, uh, you, I, do they want to do a direct where everybody walks out going, Oh, it was fine, but they didn't have anything big in it. They didn't have anything I cared about in it. No, that's not how they want to do it. Plus sadly, but I get it. Uh, believe it or not. It is not over, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. We have breaking news. Amazon has announced a cloud gaming service called Luna. Uh, I originally put Jeff Grubb's breaking tweets in here, but I have an article from The Verge. But for Jeff Grubb, Amazon just announced Luna on its device event stream. Like video, like Prime Video, it'll have gaming channels. You can subscribe to the Ubisoft channel to get its new games as they launch day and date. Its controller works like Stadia's controller, connects to Wi-Fi to go direct to the server. Uh, I'm now clicking over to The Verge. Amazon announces new cloud gaming service called Luna. This is Andrew Webster. As its 2020, I'm sorry, at its 2020 hardware event today, Amazon announced a cloud gaming platform called Luna. The news isn't too surprising. The service has been rumored since last year, previously codenamed Tempo, uh, while an Amazon-made game controller leaked out just ahead of today's event. It's not clear when Luna will launch widely, but it will initially be available on PC, Mac, Fire TV, iPhone, and iPad via web apps, and an Android version planned after launch. Amazon said that interested users in the U.S. can request early access to the service starting today. There's no word on international availability. 
The service will be available at an introductory price of $5.99 a month during its early access phase, which gives subscribers the ability to play games across two devices simultaneously and offers 4K 60 frames per second revolution for select titles. Naturally, it will be powered by AWS, Amazon's ubiquitous web platform. Amazon says that more than 100 games will be available at launch, and I'm sorry, and launch titles like or include Resident Evil 7, Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale, A Plague Tale Innocence, The Surge 2, Ukulele, Grid, Abzu, and Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Amazon says more titles will be added over time. Uh, the company has also partnered with Ubisoft for a specific gaming channel. Here's how Amazon describes it. Players who subscribe to this channel will have access to their favorite Ubisoft titles in up to 4K revolution, uh, resolution, mobile gameplay, and access to new titles when the channel launches, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry 6, and Immortals Phoenix Rising, uh, the same day they release. This is the first time. This is the first of multiple Luna game channels in development where customers can play games uh, from their favorite publishers' genres. Luna will feature Twitch integration. Quote, inside the Luna experience, players will see Twitch streams for games in the service. And from Twitch, they'll be able to instantly start playing Luna games, Amazon says. Games can be played either with a mouse and keyboard or a Bluetooth controller to go along with it. Oh, I'm sorry. Or Bluetooth controller, period. To go along with this, Amazon has announced its own Alexa-enabled uh, Luna controller, which will cost $49.99 during the early access period. Here's how it works. Luna controller is Alexa enabled and connects directly to the cloud to effortlessly control your game, featuring a multiple antenna design that prioritizes uninterrupted Wi-Fi for lower latency gaming. In fact, our testing showed a reduction in round trip latency when playing Luna controller with cloud direct versus Luna controller via Bluetooth. With reductions between 17 to 30 milliseconds among PC, Fire TV, and Mac. Because the Luna controller connects directly from cloud servers, players can easily switch between screens, such as the Fire TV to mobile phone, without additional pairing or configuration changes. Amazon has had a curious relationship with gaming over the years, uh, dabbling in various different businesses. In addition to owning the streaming service Twitch, Amazon also develops its own games, including the online shooter Crucible, which had such a poor launch it quickly went back into closed beta. The company is also working on a massively multiplayer game called New World, which was originally slated to debut uh, this summer before being delayed to 2021. Uh, today's news puts Amazon in direct competition with both Google Stadia and Microsoft xCloud in uh, the increasingly crowded gaming space. Of course, this story is still developing, as they point out. I'm sure more will be breaking as we go. Uh, first things first, what do you think, Bless? That's wild. Uh, the I like how the controller looks. I was just I, like, as you've been reading, I've just been staring at this controller. The color scheme is black and purple, which I'm all about. Oh, shit. Um, I didn't even see that. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, Halloween no, colors. like it. Hold on, let me throw it up there. Kevin, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I have it up here. I see this, it now. Yeah, sorry. I was reading. Right. This seems... Cool. This is wild. This seems like really... like the Google Stadia is over, right? Like, there's, there's nothing Google Stadia can do to, like, capture the minds and hearts of the people at this point. Because this seems like a way better deal. $6 a month? Yes. Like that seems awesome. Uh, uh, wait, six dollars a month total or per channel for this early access. Oh. For this early access, right now, that's but what we got. It, um, yeah. So, so we have to find out in the future how that's going to work with the actual channels. Yeah, and that, that, I'm I'm curious for more details. Definitely, uh, like that. That's kind of where I'm sitting at. But like being able to launch with more than 100 games available is good. Even though the list of games that they gave, all the games there seem kind of old and like of course unexciting, which. 
it's kind of to be expected from an Amazon streaming service. And so I kind of get it. Uh, Twitch integration seems interesting. Um, the fact that it's launching on PC, Mac, and iOS, I find to be interesting because what does what does that mean for the whole like but terms Amazon, of service thing Amazon with iOS? Has already proven it can it can make better deals with Apple. Like they have the whole thing where they only have to pay fifteen percent for any sales through uh, Apple instead of the thirty percent everyone else has to pay. Hmm. So you know, watch shit. Which is like bullshit, though, right? Watch like shit. the fact that that uh, XCloud can't get on Apple. Well, this can. It's that thing where, again, we're going. This is all breaking news, right? But we're talking about it. And when it said iOS, it mentions iPhone and iOS via web apps, meaning that like this isn't a native app on the iPhone. That's what Stadia and uh, Xbox don't have. Is that they're gotcha. trying to be on? Okay. They want to be on the app store that you click and you download the game XCloud app to your iPhone and you have it. This I think is going to be more akin to you open a browser it's, and it knows that you're in your iPhone and it does it that way. It's it's just okay. wild that it that it can't that like Microsoft can't figure that out or Stadia can't figure that out to like just make it a browser. You know, maybe they're. I mean, I figure it's just the thing that where they're not satisfied with that. Like they don't want that solution. They'd rather you be able to to download an app. Like I, I imagine it's not like that's a we can't thing, but it's that's, like a fuck that thing. That's a huge. Or maybe and I guess it's, it's that is yeah. probably that combined with. I imagine they also don't want to give the thirty percent to Apple. Oh no, they don't have to then, because then it's just a browser that you're going on your thing. Yeah, if you're using like, the browser, yeah. you would get around that. It's it's the app store that fucks everybody on getting through the other thing. I mean, I feel like. But if then, like, this... what, then what's the difference between that and what Fortnite did, where they pointed people to like a, a an external thing if they wanted to buy like no, no, skins no, no. that oh. was that was the app telling people to go this place to buy okay. the money that was cheaper. inside the app of fortnite yeah. that i was saying that yeah that feels like uh, i get that those are different you know i mean they're they're, di- they're different but it feels very like like what it like yes technically that's different but it's like also like how different is that i mean okay so real quick sorry if i can just jump in here to give a little bit more on this right i'm on the i've registered for early access on this thing and i'm on the luna page now uh when it get when you scroll down because kevin you were like does that include ubisoft do we know anything about that when you scroll down it says get start get started with gaming channels and they have two different ones they have luna plus which is the 599 version a month that says unlimited hours of play growing library of games up to 1080p slash 60 frames per second 4k coming soon Stream to two devices at a time. Play on PC, Mac, Fire TV, and web apps for I, I, uh, iPhone and iPad. Directly next to that, it has Ubisoft, and then it says coming soon. Where where the price is for Luna for early access pricing per month? Ubisoft just says coming soon, and then says ult- unlimited hours of play. Uh, Ultimate Edition with DLC for select titles up to 1080p, 60 frames per second, 4K coming soon. Stream on one device at a time. Play on PC, Mac, Fire TV, and web apps for iPhone and iOS. So is that a... I can play any of the Ubisoft games that are in this channel for free, or am I paying for them To me, what that sounds like is you're paying piecemeal, where it's going to be you have the Luna Plus channel that has all these games, then Ubisoft puts in a channel that you pay for that, then EA will be there, then so on and so on and so on and so on, and it expands out that way where you figure out what your uh, pricing structure is well like piece i mean piecemeal is in like if i get the ubisoft channel do i have to then buy assassin's creed on top of that no. or do i just get it okay so from i just have access says, to for, yeah you, i think what it would be is you pay let's just say 5.99 you pay 5.99 for both luna plus and then mm-hmm. a separate 5.99 so now we're up to 12 bucks for ubisoft gotcha to get it all there 
Because, yeah, what, when they interesting. players who subscribe to this channel, huh. the Ubisoft channel, have access to their favorite Ubisoft titles in 4K, blah, 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 uh, and access new titles when the channel launches, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry 6, and Immortals Phoenix Rising, the same day they release. This is the first of multiple Luna game channels in development where customers can play games from their favorite publishers and genres. What? So, yeah, that's a Ubisoft channel you pay for on your own, but it would be like Ubisoft Game Pass where everything uh, they're doing apparently is in there. That's wild. Like, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty wild. Is My that, mind is, like, blown right now. I'm trying to put the pieces together to figure out what is the caveat here. Like, what am I missing here? That, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, what's the gotcha here? Like, what what's the thing? Doesn't it freak you guys out a little bit? The first one is unlimited hours of play. Like, it makes me feel like some of the other channels might limit you. Like, let's say you play, like, the M, uh, like MLB. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I can makes, see I can see that being a case for, like, you know, if EA has their own channel and they're yeah. like, hey, you know, we want to give people access to our games on the service. But at the same time, we don't want to give people limited access to our yeah, games. So, yeah, here's the thing, though. Here's the time. thing is I don't think I think I understand. Yes. But I, I my prediction would be it, let's just talk about Luna Plus, which is the one we're talking about. Five ninety nine a month unlimited hours of play. I wouldn't be surprised if they did Luna, not minus, but Luna Saver. And it is that for one ninety nine a month. You get this thing, but you can only play two hours a day. Like, I bet that's how they would break it up to try to give you earlier entry points into it. I don't think you'd see. Can you fucking imagine if it was Luna Plus, unlimited hours of play, Ubisoft, unlimited hours of play, EA play? All right, you get three hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can pay. You can pay as you go if you want. You can pay if you want more, but otherwise, that's all you're getting. Do you just get access to this for free and then you're just paying for the channels? I mean, there is no. It doesn't look like there's. What do you mean, access? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder oh, if it's going to be the an inter- Amazon Prime game. Hold on, everybody's talking once. But Kevin, Sorry. continue. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if they're going to like. I mean, I know it, it looks like Luna is the Amazon Prime game, you know, instead of Amazon Prime Video. I wonder yeah. if they're they're going to have an, an avenue for people to put free games on here that we don't have to pay six dollars. I doubt it. I, I think that Luna is what it is, and it's six bucks a, a month. Yeah. So my, my well, I guess my question is, am I paying a six dollar introductory price and then paying another six dollars for the Luna channel in the individual channels? Like, is that how? Okay. Mm. Okay. I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to put the pieces together in my head. I'm trying to read from the verge at the same time. But do you understand what I'm what I'm asking here? No. Say it one more time for me. So they mentioned an introductory price of $6. Am I paying that and then paying another $6 for the Luna channel on the app? No, I think the introductory price is to get right. Because I think all Luna is right now is Luna Plus. Gotcha. So I think okay. you're paying $5.99 to get Luna Plus. Otherwise, you have nothing. You, you'll go to a Luna homepage and maybe they'll have demos or something you can link up your controller to. But I think that's it. Cool. It's crazy. Sorry, I'm obviously right now I'm stopping Andy from making a thumbnail about Xbox Series X and having to pivot <laughs> to this one here because obviously that's more of it. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I think we're all getting this breaking news as we go. It's real. Yeah. Amazon's doing their thing over here. Uh, that's, that's a lot of information wait. taken. It is. It is. It is. I think that, yeah, Im- immediately based on what they're saying, uh, more as we said already, I think it's more attractive than Stadia. Yes, I think that uh, yeah, it's a sexier price point. I think it's uh, the fact that uh, the you, the channels is such an interesting idea. In such a you know, it becomes Ubisoft Game Pass. It becomes whoever else is, enters their Game Pass. Is Microsoft so gung ho on being everywhere? Do you think they do a channel that is Xbox Game Pass on on fucking Luna? 
Luna wouldn't allow that though, right? Because at that point, it's like, why, why get not? any other channel? Uh, I guess so. Well, I mean, because you know, like, there's going to be exclusives, right? Like Xbox Game Pass will not have, and I, I'm based on what we know, right? Xbox Game Pass will not have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry Six, whatever and ever. Like, I would think that you'd want to be there. And I granted, I guess yeah, and they I, have old Ubisoft games on it and stuff, though. I guess the well, I guess the question is like, how much is the overlap between Xbox Game Pass and what ends up being the other channels? Like, because I guess in that case, EA wouldn't have a channel if Xbox Game Pass is on there because. EA Play yeah, is part yeah, of Xbox yeah, Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, yeah, like, there's... how much crossover would there be between the Luna channel and the Xbox Game Pass channel? Like, that'd be a that'd be a great move though for Microsoft to be like, oh, well, but it's also competitor with XCloud, and it's like, why put it? Yeah. Why put your why put Game Pass on this thing if XCloud exists? Because Xbox wants to be everywhere, right? They want everybody using it at Game Pass. Not to mention that if you're if they're putting it in there, and the channel's Game Pass Ultimate, and it's also giving you access to XCloud. You're like, why am I spending more True. here by getting less on Luna? But they wouldn't allow that though, right? Like Luna wouldn't allow that. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think they wouldn't. They wouldn't allow that you have. Yeah, I'm saying that you would pay if you're paying the same for whatever Luna's version of Game Pass is, but it doesn't have the uh, X Cloud in it that you should have by Xbox. Xbox would be saying, "Well, why don't you just come over here and do it?" They wouldn't do this. I'm sure Xbox. Yeah, they wouldn't do this, but I just think it's crazy. Just like I think Xbox would want it. I think they would want to do this, but I think like if Xbox is going to have you pay for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, it would yeah. have to come with all the all the different elements that are in Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. I don't think Luna would let that happen. Because for this, I imagine Luna all Luna wants on the subscription side uh, of like the channel side is, uh-huh. hey, you can pay for your channel and you will just get these games from this channel. Like, I don't think Luna's going to be like, hey get the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate channel, and with that, you get xCloud and, and all these other stuff because it's then then it's like, all right, we're doing too much. We got to calm down. We got to have some sort of order here. <laughs> order of now, operations. Blessing. What's up? Fine. They won't put Xbox Game Pass on there. But let's put on our crazy hats for a second, all right? <laughs> oh. Oh, what no. if Luna Plus, Ubisoft channel, mm. PlayStation channel? Explain. PlayStation says, you know what? We're putting PlayStation Now on this. We're putting what we're trying to figure out if this is our. We don't want to go through the. We, I know we have Gaikai. I know we have PlayStation Now, but Amazon's already got this backbone built in. What if we just have them take care of it and we just put our PlayStation thing over there? And as a fuck you to fucking Xbox, they're like, guess what? PlayStation Plus comes for free. You when when you're if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you can then go to Luna and use the PlayStation Plus channel for free. You can you that's how we're using our cloud stuff to get it around and get you onto the web apps and do all things. I think that would be smart, but I also recall I believe PlayStation has gone to Microsoft for their cloud solution. They have done that. No, that's 100% correct. Uh, that's yeah. why the crazy hat was on. That's why the crazy hat was on. And again, they spent how much money on Guy Kai to get him in to do PlayStation now and all this stuff. There's a million other things going on here. Well, that was like 7 years ago though. Like sure. I, I think at this point if PlayStation wanted to do away with Guy Kai, they'd probably be fine with it. Give but the I put the crazy now. hat on. I did the thing. I just wanted you to think. But about I, pre- it for a I appreciate the sentiment because I think that would be a smart move. Like I think that would be an awesome thing if they did that. We'll have to wait and see, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that is still so far away, though. This happening, blessing. What's going to happen with the old Luna? I need something more immediate. I need something that can't be held back. I blessing am Greg Miller, and I need to tell you about our sponsors. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. Speaking of ads, let's pay the bills. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Logitech. 
Logitech has been our go-to for a long time when it comes to gaming headsets. Uh, you, of course, know this because at Back of the Office, what gaming headset do I use? The Pro X with the, the blue noise-canceling headphone. But I use the wired one. They now have the Pro X wireless light speed gaming headset, and it's a game changer. Based on the award-winning pro gaming headset design that I use at the office, Pro X uh, wireless headset features high-quality materials, advanced communications, precision audio, and total wireless freedom. Uh, it's a high-performance Pro X gaming headset with light-speed wireless technology and up to 20 hours of battery life. Uh, it also features a detachable pro-grade microphone <clears throat> featuring real-time blue voice technology, including passive noise isolation, compressor limiter, and more for clean, professional voice comms. It doesn't stop there, as there's also an advanced Pro G 50 millimeter driver uh, that delivers clear and precise sound imaging with improved bass response. Hear footsteps and environmental cues with clarity to give you the competitive advantage. You can also experience the headset's supreme comfort and durability. For a limited time, Logitech G is giving our listeners 10% off select products at LogitechG.com. Use the promo code KFGAMES for 10% off today. That's 10% off select Logitech G products with the promo code KFGAMES. Up next is Klarna. Uh, thanks to Klarna for supporting the Kind of Funny Games daily broadcast. In Sweden, they don't shop, they Klarna. Klarna is a revolutionary new online shopping app from Sweden that allows you to shop thousands of online stores and pay for anything in four easy interest-free payments that make shopping smoother. With the Klarna app, you can shop anywhere online from one app. It's easy to use and convenient to browse thousands of online stores from one convenient place. Pay for anything in four interest-free payments. Paying after delivery allows you to try before you buy, and you can also report re returns directly to the app. Uh, get the best deals with customized price drop alerts on items you've saved to your wish lists. Uh, it's always good to shop smarter and save money. Create and share wish lists of items with friends and family from anywhere online. It's, fun, it's a fun, easy way to show what kind of products you like. Uh, Tim loves uh, Klarna we've talked about it before him and Gia of course moved recently they've been buying their stuff from Klarna because it's easier and Tim can track it all in the app Klarna is smoother friendlier Swedisher way to shop uh, it's the one stop shopping app for browsing and buying anything online all in one app and allows you to pay for anything in four easy interest free payments uh, download the Klarna app today that's K-L-A-R-N-A Klarna Swedish for shopping and our final sponsor is HelloFresh. Get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit service. HelloFresh lets you skip the trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. We, of course, love HelloFresh. Tim and Gia have also been using this. Uh, Tim keeps talking about these burgers Gia made, but he refuses to share the recipe. I have to subscribe to HelloFresh, I guess, to get it. <laughs> HelloFresh offers convenient delivery right to your doorstep from easy uh, for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow, quick to make, and simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh offers so many delicious options every week to help break you out of your recipe rut and try new things. There's something for everyone, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and kid-friendly recipes. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet. Uh, the packaging HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from re recyclable and or already recycled content. Keep your fridge stocked by adding extra proteins or sides like garlic bread to your weekly dinner. Uh, or order. I guess you eat dinner every day. HelloFresh is committed to make fresh, delicious food available more than ever and has taken extra steps to keep its employees and customers safe, during, con uh, during including contact delivery, uh, contactless delivery, tamper-proof packaging, and team member wellness checks. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Games80 to use the code Games80 to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions may apply. Please visit 
HelloFresh.com for more details. Remember, that's HelloFresh.com slash Games80. HelloFresh.com slash Games80 with the promo code Games80 for a total of $80 off your first month. Blessing. Greg. If I want to know what games were out in the mom and grop shops, where would I go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Oh, Greg, question for you before you get into out today. Would you say Happy Hogan is in Spider-Man Homecoming more or the Iron Man movies more? Like in terms uh, of what uh, I mean, like, like, so here's the question: You mean on screen time or lines of dialogue? Both. I would venture to say he has more lines of dialogue in the Spider-Man movies, but he's on screen more in Iron Man movies. Interesting. Just okay. think about uh, Iron Man One. Like, there's a whole thing where Tony's like throwing dice and turns around, and, like slaps Happy, and like they're he's there. He's just not talking. Gotcha. I I see him more as a Spider-Man character than an Iron Man character, even though he well, he was so he was so important. He was yeah. so important to Homecoming, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm having a yeah. back and forth with Barry on Twitter right now. Do you think he's going to be during the show? May? Well, during the ads. What's you're up, telling your boss that during your job you're fucking around on Twitter? I'm not doing anything on the ad during the ads. If you're reading the ad, you like be. you're even full screen, you know? Huh. Wait, what am I going to do? Your boss? Tim's not your boss. We're all I think they're all. I think they're all my bosses. Isn't that how yeah, it works? No, nah, I mean they say that. It's like know? my like, two dads. One of them except there's three of us. And, the other one and to be fair, like I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm seeing. No, I'm definitely blessings, boss. Hold on a second. Don't I? I've, I feel like I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know feel like I'm works. there. I don't know. The fact that you don't also, know that quickly. Also, I'm like looking concerned. for breaking news. I should point that out. And I did add something to the Slack. And so, hey, I'm doing my job over here. Do I need to look at it right now for it, or is it for later? I mean, we could talk about it tomorrow on Games Day. Oh, okay, cool. It's a donut not thing. News, you know what I mean? What they say? There's a, a new donut studio. Oh, shit, fuck. I want to hear about that tomorrow on Kind of Funny Games Daily. For now, let's talk about games that are out today. Little Big Workshop on Xbox One. Uh... Uh, I think it's like Jenga, right? So Ginga Force on PS4. Jenga? That was close man. enough. Yeah, Ginga. Ginga. Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 Complete Edition Switch and PC. Tears of Avia, Xbox One, PC, and Mac. Gothic Murder, Adventure That Changes Destiny on PS4, Switch, PC, and Mac. Going Under, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. A game I recommend. A great dungeon crawler on, I've been playing on PS4. Embracelet, PC, Serious Sam 4 on PC and Stadia, Dun Greed on PS4 Switch, Tennis World Tour on PC, Lost Ember on Switch, Bio Entity on PC and Mac, Tennis World Tour 2 on PC, The Chess Variants Club on PC and Mac, Super Monk War Z on PC, Rip Them Off on PC and Mac, Gone Viral on PC, uh, Circadian uh, City on PC and Mac, Crossbow Blood Knight on PC, Skate Forever on PC, Going Under, Switch and PC again, uh, War Tile on Switch, Big Bobby Carr, the big race on Switch. Gothic Murder. Why are, they, why are these getting in here? Uh, Alluris on Switch. Rivals of Aether on Switch. Breakpoint on Switch. Retro Classics with an X. Collection number one. Data East on Switch. Great Conqueror Rome on Switch. Secrets of Me on Switch. Micro Pico Racers Switch. My Diggy Doggy 2 on Switch. Come on. How are some of these games real? And then I got some uh, updates for you. It's Mobile Operations Week in GTA Online, which means a GTA 100K bonus uh, for players completing any mobile operation mission, plus double rewards across all mobile operation missions, missions, gun running, cell missions, and in the survival series. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, PUBG Season 8 is coming to an end with Update 8.3 now available on console and Stadia Live servers. Right before we went live, uh, Avengers put up a blog post talking about Patch V1.3.1. It's rolling out right now and finally lets Captain America smash through doors. This is a huge update for me. Uh, Villain sectors are obtainable again. Mission chains, uh, completion fix, weekly challenge fixes, and more. They also announced that they are in the final stages of putting in these following features. They're not now, but they will be soon in a new patch. Uh, subtitle size options, high contrast mode, a ping system for Warzone, uh, and a toggle option for hero icons to remain always visible, which is some fucking awesome shit we need for that there, Avengers. New dates for you. Aquanox Deep Descent comes to PC uh, October 16th. Uh, Brigadine, The Legend of Rune Series uh, is on PlayStation 4 December 10th worldwide. Endless Memories comes to PC uh, October 19th. Uh, Kevin at GameSpot reports another bug off is just around the corner in Animal Crossing New Horizons. The bug catching competition uh, for the Northern Hemisphere players this Saturday, September 26th. And uh, this week's event is notable because it marks the final bug off of the year for the Northern Hemisphere. That means, ladies and gentlemen, we're almost time for that fall update. Give me my Halloween. Give me my pumpkins. Let's go. Maybe next week, plus I'm excited. Uh, I Am Dead will hit the Nintendo Switch and PC on October 8th. Uh, Seer, yeah, Sears Island or Isle and Along the Edge comes to Nintendo Switch October 15th. Near Replicant version 1.22474487139 arrives April 23rd, 2021. And deal of the day for you doom eternal is coming to xbox game pass for console on october 1st it will be later on pc mentioned it's software in our argument at the top of the show again just doom eternal doom, on everybody's the, everybody's short list for game of the year that doom eternal people just couldn't stop talking doom about 2016 it. is one of the best shooters, and I'm, i'll include doom eternal in that doom eternal in 2016 are some of the best shooters of the generation doom better than Killzone. yeah that's why we don't make kills anymore how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> what are you saying right it's now? It's time what to squat saying? up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash games. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Mark Freeman needs help on his Zoom call for the community. You can go to his Twitter, at the TheIndieBoy1. Uh, Mark writes, the community Zoom this week will be 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific Saturday, but it will, always, as always, go much longer. Nearly hit 12 hours last week. You can join whenever, even if it's just for five minutes. Everyone is welcome, and is always, it is always a fun time hanging out with the best friends. As usual, all the details are on my Twitter, at the Boy one That's the numeral one in a pinned tweet. Hope to see you there. If you want to go hang out with some best friends in a Zoom call, hit them up uh, at the Boy one this Saturday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, before we get into the final closeout, closeout, closeout stuff, it's important to tell you if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, you have a special afternoon of programming here, or maybe for us before noon for you afternoon. Uh, Conjuring and Review episode one uh, is up on youtube.com slash kind of funny. That had to be pre recorded. So that is live right now for you to go watch. So, but rather than rest on our laurels and do nothing after kind of funny games daily, we are going to film the next episodes of Greg Miller plays Halo for the first time as we try to close out this Halo journey for me. So it'll be me, Tim, and Andy in a little bit uh, when we're done here. So give us a second, obviously, to switch stuff over. I have to make sure the old Xbox can kick off the dust and get in there, get my OBS set up, all that jazz. But we'll be there soon enough. Now, 
Let's check in with your wrong. Remember, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. Now, let's see what we got because there's what I like to call a lot of fucking editorializing on here. I love this one. So, so I suppose no Dan Rolls. That's not a fact, is it? You can't come in here supposing things. Jesus. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. God, what's this now? Okay, this one counts. Kebabs writes in and says, uh, slight breaking news, Forza Horizon 3, which is being delisted from the Xbox One store on the 27th, will be available on the Series X slash S via backwards compatibility. All right. I yeah, don't like would. that they're delisting that game. Too bad. They always delist them. You know what I mean? But why? Like, it has its own map. Like, it's it's its own game. It's not like MLB or something, or it's not like a sports game where it's the same game. It's a different game than Forza Horizon 3. Or Forza Horizon 4, I should say. Like, why do you list it? I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking around here. Because a lot of a lot of things in here, like, people are like, you're wronging things that could possibly be put into your wrong. It's like, I don't even know how that works. You know what I mean? People not... Again, your wrong isn't meant for you to be part of the show. Like, hey, I want to write in with my thought about this. No. Okay? You understand the rules. Uh, missing link zero 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 here says uh, bless predicted in the 2020 predictions games cast that either either Amazon or Facebook will launch a game streaming service to compete with Stadia slash xCloud with Amazon being most likely with the announcement of Luna. That's one point to blessing. Thank I you. I don't believe it. I refuse to believe it. Didn't you win that already? Because uh, like you got a bullshit bunch of bullshit fake points. I don't know what you mean. Oh, OK. I got the G- I got my GTA prediction right. When are we going to admit that I'm clairvoyant and I can just predict the video game future? A lot of people in the comments today were talking. Where the about fuck how were you on 2020 in general? Wait, you do both your, were your, talking at the same time. What? Do your Nostradamus powers only uh, apply to video games? Because I, man, we could have used the heads up on it's, fucking 2020 only, here, buddy. It's, it's only video games. Oh my goodness! See now, here's so there's I found it through uh, and I won't lie, ladies and gentlemen. We love and appreciate you. You're the best community in the world. I had to wade through a river of shit to find anything worthwhile than you are wrong. But I got two nuggets for you. All right. Uh, oh, no, oh, they're here. They're here. Uh, nanobiologist says, fun fact, Luna already has 20 plus more games in Stadia at this point. Not a you are wrong, but I'll accept it. Uh, then this one from Charles Jacobs, just throwing this idea out there. Amazon's Prime, Amazon's Prime Gaming could fold in a free Luna title uh, of choice a month. That's another great way to get people to use it. But more importantly, an nanobiologist has even more information about the Avengers, right? They respond due to the villain sector issue that prevented players from obtaining resources. We're granting 250 polychoron in 500 Uru to all players. This can be obtained this October 1st at 10 a.m. by viewing any challenge card. I didn't understand any of the words. Oh, it's going to be a good weekend for Black Widow. <laughs> oh, man. Blessing. Her major artifact is going to get leveled up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Like I said, we're streaming some games after this. You should go watch Conjuring and Review Episode 1. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. It's got James and Elise Willems and me. I'm kind of, maybe I did something weird for this one. You'll see. You got to check it out. Uh, tomorrow, your hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be the one and only Blessing out of OEA Jr. and Tim motherfucking Gettys. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, remember we got a post show for patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So this isn't over just yet. But if you don't want to join us, thank you for watching on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, rooster teeth podcast services, or twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. I hope you'll consider coming over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, kick us a few bucks, be part of the show, and watch this post show. If not, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.